0: And welcome back to Hitchcock Chronologically, the show where I, Jeff, go through every single one of Alfred Hitchcock's movies, and uh, I was about to say alphabetical order, but I mean chronologically, maybe next year. <laughs> uh, we are, I'm just going to skip the, the formalities, here joining me from the Gaming Nexus show, Tess and Elliot argue. If you listened to that last week, you know he's here this week.
1: It's Elliot. How's it going, guys? I, Jeff, I'm beyond excited to talk about this movie with you. You better be. I am, but I don't think it's for the reasons you want to be excited. Great, so. well, let me so.
0: Okay, now anyone who's listened to any episode has probably heard or now knows. So, yeah, you, you ever have that thing where someone's like, "What's your favorite movie?" And maybe you think, "Well, it depends on the genre. I like comedies, but favorite, you know, whatever. Sure. Through the course of doing this, I've realized, and it, it just Psycho, nineteen sixty, is my favorite movie. Uh, even though I would say genre, uh, comedy is my favorite genre, but this is my favorite movie. It's a piece of comfort food for me. And I watched it this week take taking no notes. And oftentimes, and we'll get into why, but I skip a lot of the beginning of the movie uh, hmm. when I watch it casually because, to be frank, it's not particularly exciting. Uh, and I really just want to get Anthony Perkins on the screen as fast as possible. But this time I watched it just start to finish, and soaked it in. And uh, what were your a, thoughts?
1: What were your initial thoughts after oh, watching it? Then were you just I was like, like, "I can't"? I I'm so glad, it, really.
0: I was like, "Yes, yeah. yes, this is this is still." Uh, again, I there are f- five Hitchcock movies I've never seen coming up, but this is the best, hands down Hitchcock movie. That I've seen so far, and I've watched all but five of them. Wow! And last week's was excellent. It
1: was excellent, excellent, it was beyond excellent. excellent.
0: It was yeah. near perfection. This is my. The, you know how? Like okay, so I, I. You're not from the south, but you probably had sausage gravy and biscuits at oh, some of point, right? Yeah,
1: I'm not. I'm so, no monster, Jeffrey. Yeah, good.
0: So <laughs> I. My mom's sausage gravy is my favorite. Of course. Right? Right. And I, they in yeah. this place in town. I don't want to say the name of it, but it's like everybody's like, oh, the sausage gravy. You're going to love it. I'm like, I get it. And it's like sweet and gross. And maybe from some sort of uh, culinary reason, this is better. But it's not my mom's sausage sure. gravy. Yeah. Nothing will ever beat it. And nothing will ever beat psycho. In my heart. It's why Why is that?
1: Perfect. I want to know why that is. Uh, like, what? What is it? Is, there a, is it a lot of things about this that just it's the great, perfect amalgamation of everything to you?
0: So I think it was the right place, right time. Okay. Which is a lot has such
1: things. a big deal, right? I feel that way. I think we've had this conversation before. Um, but I felt that way about Speed Racer, the film, the live action one.
0: You and I, I believe, if I remember, both agree that Speed Racer is underrated. It's my favorite yeah. Wachowski movie.
1: It's, uh, it's it, Yeah. If it's not my favorite, it's this. It's in my top two.
0: Yeah. I, and yeah I, you I, can me, put Matrix in the trash and just give me mm. Speed Racer over and over and over again.
1: For me, Personally. and I know a lot of that movie is right place, right time mm-hmm. in my life when I watched it. Like, you know, certain scenes just, I was like, oh my God, this is like perfect filmmaking,
0: which they, yeah. Like, they, they figured out a way to allow, what I want them to do. Now that I'm saying this, if you've listened to our other podcast, uh, my other podcast, the movie Draft House, we recently reviewed um, Power Rangers. Now, if the Wachowski sisters could please make the new power rangers dude. movie just like you made speed racer dude oh. i would be there in a second i would be all over it
1: yeah. anyway okay now now so- you, uh, you've now destroyed me because now all i'm going to think about I, is I, what a wachowski power ranger movie would be thank you i appreciate it would it. have to happen right okay <laughs> oh, anyway, now sorry
0: so uh, we watched psycho from 1960 of course directed by alfred hitchcock starring anthony perkins Uh, Janet Lee, Vera Miles, John Gavin, and a few others. But those are the big ones. Now, you've not seen this before. I have not. We've said, I I asked you if you've gone in as blind as possible. And um, so I'm just going to go up front. Now, if you've not seen Psycho, from here on out, we're going to get into spoilers. And there's major ones to be had if you know nothing. I tell you. Go watch Psycho and come back.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And that's what we're saying Yeah, this is
1: definitely not one to just listen to us talk. Because, I, frankly, I think we're going to talk a lot more than just the plot here.
0: Yeah. So, final spoiler warning.
1: Yeah, please.
0: Did you see the twist coming?
1: <sighs> I... <sighs> I did but I want to say because because I knew what the movie was I knew the movie's about a psycho you okay. know I I but I didn't I didn't until pretty late into it uh, right I, it was coming to me because okay. I knew I knew there was a twist I knew there was a twist and I was trying to figure it out because I that's how I am right so now
0: uh, i did you have you watched malignant no. Okay, no. There's a twist in that movie, and I was listening to it, a review of it, and someone said, I figured out the twist beforehand, and I was just praying it was true. And mm-hmm. uh, when you kind of stumbled upon the twist, were you like, ooh, I hope this is real?
1: Yeah, I, I, when I realized the twist, I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that has to be what it is. Yeah. You know, because it, it, it didn't lead itself to many other conclusions.
0: Right. And so this movie's known for the twist we'll get to. But uh, also, the lead, Janet Lee, playing Marion Crane, is the focus of the movie for the first 30 minutes.
1: Yeah. Which I, that was really interesting to me.
0: Now, again, you're coming at it from a, even, and this is one of the things that I think even Eric and I were talking about. It's like, even if you know nothing going in, this movie is in the zeitgeist, it's out there even on, you may have seen an episode yeah. of the Simpsons or yep, yeah, something yeah. that references psycho. You've well, certainly
1: seen here, like the shower scene, uh, like the stair scene that I remember seeing recreated. Yeah. Right. Uh, the, the very last scene I, I even believe is, um, was at one point on your Twitter.
0: It is currently on my Twitter. Yeah, the, so, the picture of Norman know, Bates's face. I have my Norman Bates pop over here. I'm cuddling it lovingly. Um, So, okay, to get back where you're saying right place, right time for the why this movie means so much to me. And I brought it up several times on this show is the attraction at Universal Studios in Florida where you go in and uh, you sit and watch the birds in 3D. and You watch Dial M in 3D and then you go into the psycho section where they kind of tell you about the history of the movie. And it created this mythos to me where Anthony Perkins was on the screen and he's like, I didn't do it. I didn't kill Marion Crane. He's like there was another actor in the role that day. So the the person wielding the knife was not Anthony Perkins but another actor. And and it's just something about I think it's one of the first times I can remember a peek behind the curtain of filmmaking and they got into the chocolate syrup that they used for uh the blood in the shower cuz this movie is in black and white. It's the last black and white Hitchcock film. Um and it was like, oh, that's a neat thing. And then they had the house and the house has always been creepy to me. And I think it's because the movie scared me a lot when I was young that it just kind of embedded itself as this mythos that I love. And to the point where I've watched all the sequels multiple times. I watched the Bates Motel show. I've read the books. Uh, just about the only thing I haven't done, which I need to do, is there was a made for TV movie called Bates Motel that came out in the eighties, maybe, that okay. I need to watch. I just haven't done it yet because it's kind of hard to find. Um, but it just, it, it was, I guess it was just the right movie, the right time, and I latched onto it and just kept watching it. And I think Anthony Perkins puts in one of the greatest performances he of any actor of all time.
1: absolutely steals this show, uh, this movie. he His performance is, like, just on another level. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's by far the best part of this movie to me, Easily. I, I thought. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, uh, like I said, our movie starts off with Marion Crane. She's with her boyfriend, who is uh, div- a divorced person uh, who's paying alimony. And they. And so part of the, the problem with this opening is that in the 2020, 20, 2021 lens, there's really no problem. Why are they going to hotel to meet up, right. to hook up? You know what I mean? An but,
1: hourly hotel at that
0: right in the 60s or probably in the 50s when this was filmed uh that's not necessarily you know looked well upon
1: i also thought the amount of skin that she shows in this movie was kind of like surprising for the era too because she's in a bra in several scenes
0: yeah um
1: that was a little surprising to me i just didn't know if it's that era or something like that but And it wasn't that they overly sexualized her by any means. I just thought it was a little surprising that she, there was so much skin shown.
0: Well, and then consider later, she's going to get murdered in the shower where she's naked, but the actress isn't, they had a body double. Um, I've also should say I've read the book on the making of psycho. Uh, I read it in high school because I'm that much of a nerd for this movie that I checked it out from my high school library and read it through. And I love it. Um, And again, that mythos to me of the the making of the film. Uh, So they basically she's wanting to get married to him, but he's waiting till he has more money so he can help her. But he owns a hardware store. I don't know. Like to me, I'm like, why don't you just get married and make it work? Who cares? Yeah. We'd not have a film if that happened. (laughs) So maybe that's a good point. She goes back to her office. She's a banker and she shares an office with. The one and only, the late, great Patricia Hitchcock.
1: Who is super into tranquilizers in this movie, which just made me laugh. I loved
0: it very tranquilizers. Funny. She's like, you should
1: take these tranquilizers. How about these tranquilizers?
0: She's very self-absorbed, and I just, Pat Hitchcock nails this. I love, so she's also in Strangers on a Train, and she's my favorite thing of that. I love Pat Hitchcock. I think she's awesome, and the fact that she's only in a handful of hitches movies is crazy to me. Like I think she's in three or four. She's in stage fright strangers on a train and this. Uh, so anyway, she's great. Uh, she talks about tranquilizers and then Marion asks, if anyone called? She goes, well, my husband, Teddy called me. My mother called to see if Teddy called and she just totally doesn't <laughs> yeah. care about yeah. anyone else. <laughs> And there's a a rich banker coming in that's doing a deal with the owner of the bank, and he starts flirting with Marion. And then when he leaves the room, Patricia Hitchcock's like, he was flirting with you. He must have seen my ring.
1: She just... Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: It's so good. I love her. Well, our banker, the the guy who runs the bank brings in Mr. Lowry runs the bank, brings in this gentleman who's buying a house... Right for his daughter. Uh, daughter, daughter's
1: wedding. It's like his wedding gift. Her right,
0: she's getting married. My sweet little girl. And then he starts flirting so heavily with Marion Crane. He is so good. He's such the oh, perfect douchebag. Sure, he's so good. Like because he's just mildly likable, even though he's creepy and gross, and he nails that balance. Uh but he's paying in cash. He's buying a house in cash, forty thousand dollars. Oh,
1: and, that's that's so crazy to me. That was crazy, and the car prices were crazy to me. You know, it's yeah. just one of those things that you don't think of three hundred bucks.
0: Trade yeah. in three hundred <laughs> bucks, you get yourself yeah. a car. So six hundred. So she, now in the nineteen ninety eight remake, they had to make a handful of changes. That movie is a shot for shot remake of this, and it is awful. Feel free to watch it at your leisure. I hate it. But I watch it a bunch because it's psycho <laughs> and I'm just a nerd. Now, in that movie, they up it to 400000 So that's about as much research into what okay. that equates to to today's money. We'll just call it $600,000 today. Pretty go. good chunk of change, but you're still going to have to have a real job. So... She decides it's I supposed to take this to the bank. She decides to steal the money and drive to go see her boyfriend. Uh Man, why am I blanket on his name? It's not like I haven't seen this movie a thousand times.
1: Well, I thought he was like I almost I had to look it up. I thought he was Rod Sterling. Sam Loomis. Yeah, Sam. I thought he was the actor Rod Sterling from The Twilight Zone because he looks and sounds so much like him. He's not. But that's what yeah. he like reminded me of. So I had to actually like look it up for a second to be like, Is that him?
0: Now, what did you think of his performance in the movie? There's no wrong answers here.
1: Sam was fine. He he's kind of wishy-washy, right? I, I don't doubt his love for Marion at any point. You know, I think he wants to be with her. Um, and towards the latter half, where he's trying to solve the mystery, I I'm rooting for him, right? He's kind mm-hmm. of a I mean, he's kind of a dick towards you know Norman. But he's trying to get answers, right? He's kind of come to the conclusion that something's happened and Norman has something to do with it. So I, I thought he was fine. I, like I said, with the exception of Norman, none of the other characters really like did anything for me. Right. They do fine. Like the sleazy businessman buying the house, he plays a sleazy businessman just fine, but like, it doesn't carry on to me. It, is, it doesn't do anything for me. Well, that's you know? all he does. He's in right. that
0: part of the movie. And the reason I ask you why you how you feel about John Gavin's performance is because Hitchcock notably hated working with this man. He found oh, really? him wooden, and just was like, "Just show some damn emotion, yeah, something." And uh,
1: <laughs> well, like I said, he kind of reminded me from uh, Rod Sterling. I believe that's his name. I could be getting that yeah. wrong. He, it's the guy from the tw- the old Twilight Zones. Um, and if you've ever watched an old Twilight Zone, he just kind of has this like monotone. It's amazing. Yeah. Deep yeah, voice. And, and I thought he had that that voice that like he has a very good voice for radio. He also had a he didn't have a face for radio because he's very handsome looking. But mm-hmm. his voice definitely like would be great on a podcast today. You know, so I, I, I was kind of drawn to his voice.
0: Yeah. And so the name Loomis, his name is Sam Loomis. And if you're a fan of horror the last name Loomis probably means something to you. I always think when people bring up Loomis, they're referencing Psycho. Uh, now in Halloween, the the detective doctor that uh, treats Michael Myers, his name is Doctor Loomis. And then if you go to Scream, uh, the uh, I don't want to spoil the film, but one of the characters in there's name is Billy Loomis.
1: Huh, that's didn't all know that. connected,
0: right? The, I didn't that, know that, that at all. That's on purpose. Um, and it just kind of always and when I see that it just brings me joy. When I hear anyone's name is Loomis, it's maybe even like, more I so get than that. Bates. I get that one. It yeah. just, just tickles me. Now, so Marion goes and decides to just okay she goes she's driving overnight and she sleeps well, she the packs a bag her. well first off she packs a bag oh right and her right. underwear changes right so <laughs> yeah, in the scene in the in the um in the hotel she's wearing white and then in the scene where she's deciding to steal the money she's wearing, wearing black, black and that is I, deliberate
1: i did notice that i did notice that because when it's black and white you can see that those things do stand out a little better I did notice that. I, I was one of those things that are, I just was like, oh, she's doing something wrong. She's wearing black because this is what they do, right?
0: Yeah. Now, do you know who Janet Lee's daughter is? I do not. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. And Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, at the time of this recording, Halloween Kills just came out. Uh, just and came out. Yeah. She, she goes to the premiere in the dress that her mom wears in this movie. Oh, really? Again. I'm like, hoo, hoo, hoo. I'm all about it. It's my favorite. Yeah, thing. you're
1: eating it up, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. you're just <laughs> yeah. like, this is my thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, you can't get uh, enough of it. I really can't. They, like when they told me they were making a Bates Motel TV show, I filled my pants. Okay, I, and then I'm, the show,
1: I met very my expectations. I'm very excited it, to watch it because everyone says they like it. And I'm going to watch. I that. I
0: personally next. feel that each season is better than the last. And they knew where they were going, and it all culminated perfectly. Is the
1: last season, and you can cut this part out, but is the last season, my understanding is it's basically Psycho? Or they kind of like adapt it?
0: So, the 1980 Psycho, 19, I keep saying 80, 1998 Psycho with Vince Vaughn. One of the things I was so disappointed with that, I was ready for them to do something different. Like, don't just make psycho we already have psycho and it's perfect and they just decided to make psycho again what bates motel does is it takes the the groundwork and tells a very different story and even if me who knows everything there is about psycho i watched it and was filled with joy at the the things they made changes to okay and i'm like oh that's a cool idea that's fun and like my brother uh is almost as big of a psycho nerd as i am he, you know, we were texting back and forth and there were times where things were different and we we're like, oh, wasn't that cool? Like, what a great idea. So it wasn't one of those that you were, I hate the ruin. You ruined my childhood argument because yeah. it, it, the 1998 psycho didn't ruin psycho for me. It just even solidified it more as just a perennial classic. Uh, where were we?
1: So she's leaving and as she's leaving town, she her boss sees her. Right? He's yeah, walking. Yeah, that's right. And they make eye contact. And he kind of like notices because she left early because she, she didn't went feel home good. under the yeah.
0: pretenses of having a headache. And I'm just going to go to bed. But now she's leaving town with $40,000, seen by her boss. So now she gets, she okay, I'm going to get to the hotel. All right. Anyway, so you get like 30 minutes of this. But okay, she, so
1: my first 30 <laughs> minutes, I was like, what is, when is it going to happen? When is this stuff going to happen? I, the first half hour was really slow to me. Yes, and I, I think it was slow because I knew what was coming. I knew intensity was coming, but like it, it dragged for me because there's right. a whole scene of her, she sleeps in the car because she's getting too tired to drive. Then she goes, uh, a, a cop stops her, and she freaks out about that because she's like, "Oh, I have forty thousand dollars in cash on me," and so she pulls in to buy a brand new car or a used car, trading in a car for her car for another car. And the cop watches her do it, but she still does it. I was very confused by this.
0: Yeah, she. I, well, her actions are someone who has made a quick decision. Yeah, and, and, and listen, Elliot, yeah. we all go a little mad sometimes. Okay,
1: I, I, I get her her motivation behind it, but the I'm whole dropping thing, I just, psycho ugh.
0: references on my podcast about psycho.
1: It's too much. I was just like, this is. <laughs> It, for two hours, I was like, "This nothing has happened for the first right. like 30
0: minutes. And that's why, even me, hardcore fan, when I choose to watch the movie, I almost always skip this part. And it takes about 28 minutes until she arrives at the motel. This is when the movie starts. Now, this is also when the book starts. Okay? Oh, okay. So, there is backstory about Marion in the book, but it very much is tells you that uh norman bates is the lead in the book okay and marion is meant to be the lead in this movie and so this is where the movie and the book kind of converge but all the things about her banking and stealing money pretty pretty straight ripped out of the book there are changes so in the book norman bates is a fat guy Uh, now joseph stefano is the screenwriter and he okay hitchcock is he a genius? I don't know. But <laughs> Joseph Stefano came up with a lot of the ideas. Uh, the, he made the, the suggestion to get Anthony Perkins uh, because he wanted someone young and handsome. And he wanted someone that the people could relate to. He was also, I don't know if you know this, Psycho is the first movie to ever feature a toilet. Oh, really? Yes. The first time a toilet has ever been seen on screen. In a in a movie.
1: Wow, 1960. Oh, that's yeah, crazy. Joseph
0: Stefano's idea. He wrote the dialogue. Now we're gonna about to get to the parlor scene, which is easily my favorite scene. I know that the shower scene takes all the notoriety, but the parlor scene is my favorite scene in any movie ever. Um, because the dialogue is amazing. It is, and and Anthony Perkins is just brilliant. Uh so all that's Joseph Stefano. Now the other part. The other huge part of this movie is the score, and Hitchcock himself told the, the the gentleman who did this music, and I don't have his name in front of me, was the same one who did the music. Bernard, uh, something Bernard. I'm sorry, uh, he's the same guy who did the music last week. Okay, and uh, he, what do you think about the score?
1: Uh, yeah, it's very fitting. I mean, there's that. There's the very uh the sound that we all know right i, I even we even clipped it on our podcast with my wife and i back in the day where we would use it to you know make fun of things where something scary was going to happen um
0: yes it's this, very staccato of the ring, yeah. ring. Uh, bernard herman is who i'm talking about
1: yeah it fits it all fits very well it's, it's a very well made movie
0: it's all uh violins and strings so cellos and violins. And so and it, it definitely gives you that eeriness. Um, And then, of course, the, the famous staccato when she's being killed. Spoilers in the shower is something that whether you know it or not, you've heard before.
1: Yeah, a, a thousand times.
0: So did you know she was going to die in the shower? I'm skipping my favorite I, scene. We'll go back to it. But I just I, I know.
1: did know she was going to die in the shower only because I just I knew I remember I've seen. I had seen her screaming behind a shower curtain, right? right. Like I would seen that image or I had seen it on the Simpsons or whatever.
0: It's so, been parodied a billion times. But
1: I did not know that she was going to die so early on in the film. That was a little okay. shocking to me.
0: Yeah. And so before she gets murdered in the shower, uh, she gets into, she, she goes to the hotel no one's in the office, and she honks her horn and down comes Norman Bates, played by Anthony Perkins. And he is handsome, likable, nervous, kind yeah, of fidgety he's around women.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, he just nails that he's, trying to. And he's to a imp- little
1: awkward too, right? Like, yeah, he's, just... he's trying to
0: impress her, but he doesn't know how. And he's trying to be cool, but he doesn't know how.
1: But it's not overplayed. He he does yeah. he he like I said, he is the best part of this movie. His acting is just like right on. He, he just fits that little kind of squirrely kid.
0: Yeah, he's a kid and you like him, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, you totally do.
0: You you want him to succeed and uh, you're rooting for him. So uh, they go back. Uh, he, he offers to make her dinner uh, because she hasn't eaten. And then as he's upstairs getting dinner, uh, so this, he lives in a house that's behind the hotel. I don't know how you haven't seen this movie, anyone else. Go watch it. <laughs> but he lives in a house behind the hotel. And he, Marion Crane can hear his mother yelling at him, almost like she's yelling at him through a bullhorn. Yeah. Um, granted, okay, I get it. That's not really ideal. but Well, her
1: windows are open. His windows are open up at the house, right? Yeah, it's okay. Just,
0: I appreciate you.
1: Yeah, I get it. I, that didn't. I wasn't taken out by that. That didn't. I was never. So uh, I, I'll tell you what got me though was hearing her voice because you hear her voice.
0: Isn't it good? Yeah,
1: right. It's it is. So I'm I thinking, get oh.
0: chills still. Still, and like it, just does he do voice. the voice? No, it's someone else. It's another it? actor. Okay. Yeah, and um, let me see if it's listed. I don't know if it is listed as mother on here. Uh, actually, is a man Paul Jam, Jam- Jamson J-A-S-M-I-N a- J- is okay. is in. Uh, it's awesome. It's uh, amazing. It's what I want in my life. <laughs> Here's a clip.
2: No, I tell you no. I won't have you bringing strange young girls in for supper by candlelight, I suppose, in the cheap erotic fashion of young men with cheap erotic minds.
0: Mother, please.
2: And then what? after supper music whispers
1: mother she's just a stranger she's hungry and it's raining out
2: mother she's just a stranger as if men don't desire strangers as if oh i refuse to speak of disgusting things because they disgust me you understand boy go on go tell her she'll not be appeasing her ugly appetite with my food or my son or do i have to tell her because you don't have the guts, huh boy You have the guts, boy? Shut up. Shut up.
0: So they go into the, so basically he's like, well, I can't bring you up to the house because my mom's, she's She's just out of the village.
1: She's kind of crazy. She doesn't have good days. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you can even see her up in the window. Yeah. And so he takes her to the back into the parlor, which is basically behind the office. And they have a conversation while she eats.
1: And the room too. His hobbies include, um, oh, what's it called? Were you stuck taxidermy? Dead in? Taxidermy, thank you. And so the room is just filled with these taxidermy animals—an owl and all kinds of just like stuff. It's it, all birds because he yeah. doesn't
0: like the sight of beasts when they're stuffed. And there's something passive about birds. Um, and they have a great conversation about being stuck in a trap. And then there's a point where he talks about sort of being stuck under his mom's thumb and her being sort of crazy. And Marion says, why don't you send her someplace? And this pisses Norman off. And it's so good, but it's not,
1: but he doesn't like yell at her. It's not like, right. It's, you're still, I mean, you're, you're still, he's just like having an argument. He's defending his mom.
0: Yeah. Right. People always say someplace. And then he talks about people haven't seen the inside of those places the shifty eyes watching you. And that's like a moment where you're like, oh, this dude has been in the same asylum in
1: in there. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: That's your first hint that something's up,
1: but she doesn't catch that because they kind of continue the conversation and she kind of starts to reflect on her own life.
0: Yeah. But he even goes so far as to say, well, I've suggested putting her someplace myself. Yeah. Um, But I can't do that to my mother.
1: Yeah. Because by the end of the conversation, she's like, kind of turned a new leaf and she's like oh maybe i shouldn't have stolen forty thousand dollars from my
0: yeah moms. you think marion
1: even though she's only like 15 miles away from sam's hardware shop
0: yeah just <laughs>
1: she's like maybe i shouldn't have done this
0: yeah so she decides to go back and, and give the money back and to uh symbolize this new beginning and she, uh, well, she writes down, she does the simplest math in the world. Let me get <laughs> no. critical of this movie for a second. $40,000, she spent 600 on a car, and she had to sit down and do the math with pen and paper.
1: But also, she paid for the hotel room, too. She did not do a very good job of.
0: Oh, I didn't even.
1: Uh, I, it's been days, so you know she's eaten.
0: Oh right? yeah, you
1: know. So her math is really. She's just like really it's worried about weird. the car, but not not much <laughs> else. Those are just those could be expensed.
0: Yeah, yeah. So anyway, write-offs. her math aside, she sh- rips up this bath, throws it in the toilet, and takes a shower.
1: And How? we see, and we know this because Norman's watching oh, her right. through the yes. through the peephole
0: that so he has in the, the parlor. parlor. Is connected to cabin one. It's there's a wall that separates cabin one where marion is staying and the parlor where uh let's face it norman bates does his masturbating now there's another change in the 1980 film that makes me want to slap myself okay so this scene night i said 1980 again 1998 this scene norman pulls the thing around he watches marion get undressed and then he goes back up to his house right okay not saying it's innocent but Right. It's still, he's voyeuristic, blah, blah, blah. In the 1998, they go so far as to have Vince Vaughn masturbate on screen. You hear the pants rubbing and you oh. see him shaking and it's like, oh, come on, movie. I saw this in the theater with my mom. <laughs> 1998. Come on.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty awkward moment. doesn't get much in worse it- than that
0: with your mom <laughs> in a theater. I, my,
1: remember, I don't know what
0: he's doing i had to pretend i didn't know what masturbation was
1: i remember seeing titanic with my mom in the theater oh. when i was pretty young <laughs> and that was a pretty awkward moment
0: and uh, that's
1: I, and that's very like tastefully done like that doesn't get much more tasteful like that's as yeah tasteful but even still you you're get. like
0: well normally <laughs> yeah. i'm aroused right about now yeah so i know that my parents I had,
1: there's my story so let's yeah so
0: that's a change that they could keep in somewhere else all right thanks gus van sant what an idiot now so as she's shower now okay you've never seen the shower scene what was your opinion of it
1: i i was convinced that the mom was still alive because you see her right she comes in with the dress she's wearing a dress and the the gray hair Mm-hmm. Right, the long gray hair. I I was convinced that like the mom was still alive to this point. I had not the twist had not come to me yet. Mm-hmm. So I, it it was a little slow paced, but it but it, it's very it's very iconic. It's the iconic. It's the the pulling up the, the knife scene was, and you
0: was slow paced. Uh, so <sighs> okay. Nothing brings me more joy in life than. When they have that shot of her on the right side of the screen and the shower curtain is kind of, it's one of those translucent of, yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. Right? And you can see the
1: door opening. You yeah. See yeah, the yeah.
0: door open and it's just masterful and there's no music. It's just the sound of the water as Norma Bates is walking up and then they, she pulls the curtain and you hear the, and I don't think, I don't know if I can put it in the, yeah we'll see, I might put it in, but I'm not sure. <laughs> but you hear the classic staccato, and the murder of Marion Crane happens on scene.
1: I I thought it was going to be Norman, first off, because I, I just assumed, because I, I was like, oh, he's crazy, he's clearly psycho, right? Mm-hmm. I thought it was, so I thought it was going to be Norman, and I, and I'm sure it's because of the time and, like, you know, it's 2021 and, like, nothing really, like, I'm not, like, offended by seeing things. It's mm-hmm. it's not very gratuitous by any means. Right. right. You, it you was know, back there's then. No, and I'm sure it was back then. But there's, like, no yeah. sound effect of, like, the knife going in, right? Yes, there
0: is. Is there? They stabbed cantaloupes. I know this because I read the book. To make the sound of the knife going in,
1: maybe I just didn't pick up on that because yeah. and the stabbing almost kind of looks a little comedic,
0: like he's missing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, so again, I don't have a problem with it, right? I yeah. you know I, I'm fine with it. My means I'm not like this is stupid, but I it was like I'm like oh yeah, this would definitely have been filmed a little differently like today.
0: Yeah, so and I think if I'm remembering correctly, one of the reasons they did it this way is to try to not get, uh, they didn't have NC 17. I was going to say,
1: did they, are there, they wanted to keep it at the, the the, uh, I,
0: I don't know if there's a rating system, but they have to be approved by the filmmaking, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And this film got rejected several times. And, um, one of the ways they wanted to, To make sure they could get around it was not actually Showing the knife penetrate skin So yeah and that's why They did it this way One of the other reasons it got kicked back is because People claimed they saw a nipple I've seen this movie A hundred (laughs) times I've yet to see any nipples Um so She's dead now And you hear Norman from the house say Oh god mother blood Blood yeah and we Get, and i love this okay i love it there's the 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 cellos the dum 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 and he's cleaning and you get all of the cleaning and it's and, very
1: thorough it's i really it's it's cool because it's silent right right you don't hear anything you just see norman working he's he looks just like he looked pre in the previous scene that he was in before Right. He he's mm-hmm. came down with a mop and a bucket and he just kind of goes very meticulously through cleaning it up like
0: like I guess he's it, done it before. Yeah. Like he's kind of yeah. done it before. Yeah. His mother is killed before. So he's he's he cleans up the bathroom, takes her, wraps her in a shower curtain, throws her in the trunk along with and they always make a point of showing this. The forty thousand right. dollars. So. So. Norman never knows that the money is on site. Uh, She has hidden the money in a newspaper, which he throws out uh, because he's getting rid of all evidence of her. Right. And then he dumps his car in the swamp. Her car in the swamp.
1: yeah, is, that, is it a swamp? I, to me, because it's so dark, I was like, is that like a tar pit? It just seemed like a tar pit It's, me. yeah, and you know I'm the mean? same way,
0: but it is, they call it a swamp. That's and true. And yeah. it's muddy and gloopy. It's way more dense than a, yeah. a swamp, uh, but he dumps the car back there and it covers up with mud, and uh, that's our introduction to the Bates Motel and Norman Bates.
1: And at that point, I'm like, what is the rest of this movie going to be about? I really was just, like, unsure of, like, where it was going from here. Like, if we were just going to follow Norman around, I had no idea.
0: So... (laughs) I would have been fine with that, but no, alas. We have to go back to Sam Loomis, where we're introduced to Vera Miles playing Marion's sister, Lila Crane.
1: Who looks very similar.
0: Yes. Now, uh... Vera Miles is one of the people who has uh, one of the women who has had problems with Alfred Hitchcock in the past. I don't know as m- much about that. They're not as well documented as like the Tippy Hedren stuff, but it should be noted. Uh, she goes to Sam to find Marion. Marion's been missing. She's stolen some money. They know she's done it. And uh, the bank or maybe the family I, think I was
1: a, I was kind of confused by this because it looked like she he it looked like the private detective worked for the sister well, because he the private detective calls the sister
0: right but he doesn't because she's surprised by him when they meet in Sam's hardware store. Um, I'm I'm getting sidetracked because one of the few things I like about the 1998 movie is in this scene. There's a guy behind the desk running the counter. Sam owns the hardware store. And uh, as Vera is yelling at Sam, Sam turns to his worker and says, hey, why don't you go take lunch? No, thanks. I packed. Well, run out and eat it. The the man behind the counter in the 1998 film is played by the bassist from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Flea. Flea? I love it.
1: Yeah, nice.
0: I'm a, I'm a big Chili Peppers fan, That's and it was two of things coming together that I like. All right, so. Uh, but once this guy leaves, in walks Arbogast, and Arbogast is a private investigator who's been hired by, I believe, the bank.
1: Yeah, I'm nope. sure you're right. And now, he's Mr. my second favorite character. Yes, I he's love... just He plays a good private detective. He plays a good asshole. Right?
0: Yeah. Because he's not he's...
1: over the top, but he's he still is kind of a dick.
0: Now, he's played by Martin Balsam, who, uh, uh, okay, I can't find this movie anywhere. I can't. I don't pirate things, okay? If I did, I could probably find it. But there's a movie that I love that's a halfway parody of Silence of the Lambs and Psycho, and it's called Silence of the Hams starring Dom DeLuise.
1: Oh, my gosh. That sounds absolutely terrible.
0: I love it. But that's because I just love all things Psycho. I want to find it. I need it to be released on DVD. Stat. Make it happen. I could probably find a VHS, but I have no way to play it. But it is a ridiculous movie. But I'm bringing this movie up now because, okay, maybe I'll hold off. I'll hold off. Okay. until we get well because yes you'll see so martin balsam plays arbogast and he's been hired by the bank in my belief because the owner of the bank or the manager mr lowry is trying to give marion a chance to kind of make things right they're not really trying to involve the police because they don't want her to go to jail and right. if you could just bring the money back we can kind of make this we'll right figure it out yeah right and uh well, he doesn't believe anybody that says anything, right? Uh, right, Arbogast. He doesn't believe Lila, doesn't believe Sam. And Lila's like, I don't give a crap if you believe me. Um, But he goes on a hunt. He goes motel to motel to motel looking for any sign of Lila, excuse me, Marion Crane. And he ends up at the Bates Motel. Here he meets... Our very own Norman Bates, who at first are quite cordial, but Norman quickly finds out that this man is looking for Marion Crane, and he starts to stutter. He starts to lose his cool a little bit, because up until that point, he's quite amiable,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you think he's gotten Uh, away with it. Right. right. For sure.
0: Um, And he probably could have, had he just been like, oh yeah, she was here, she left in the morning. Yeah. But... He's covering himself first. He lies first. Yeah, about her not, not. No being one's been here, here in weeks. Yeah, no he, hasn't,
1: he in doesn't. He doesn't recognize her picture.
0: Right. I don't know who that is. No one's been here weeks. And then later he says, "Oh, someone was here last week," and he's like, "Ah, you see," you know. And then he says, "If it uh, Arbig asked after being told the story, he says if it doesn't gel, it is an aspic, which makes no sense to anyone alive past the '80s, but." One of the few changes in the 1998 remake that makes sense is they changed this line to say, if it doesn't gel, it isn't Jello," And now I know <laughs> what that line means.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: Well, anyway, Arbogast pretty much knows. Like, he sees Mother in the window while he's talking with Norman. And Norman says that, you know, he starts to get defensive because Arbogast starts questioning his manhood. And saying, uh, she tricked you, didn't she? She used her feminine wiles on you or paid you with money. And he's like, no one can can fool me. And he's like, well, maybe she fooled me, but she didn't fool my mother. And this is like the dumbest thing Norman can say. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because now he's, Arbogast is like, oh, okay, let me talk to your mom. Oh,
1: so, yeah, yeah. Saw your mom then. Okay.
0: Yeah, Norman draws a line here. No, you need to leave. And he starts talking about warrants, but he's a private investigator. He can't get warrants. I don't think I need to ask Mark, but you can't get warrants if you're not a police officer.
1: Well, anyway. he, he well he says like, oh, I would need a warrant for that, wouldn't I? So he's yes. just kind of like leading him on to be like, oh, there's something there, but I you won't tell me what it is.
0: Yeah, exactly. So he leaves and he calls Lila and he lets her know, hey, I know she's been here. Um and, but something uh, doesn't she,
1: gel. Something doesn't make something isn't making jello here. I need yeah, he's no aspic.
0: So he has to go back. And because he wants to talk to the mother. And he also knows that she stayed in cabin one. And he knows this because Norman kind of hesitated going in there and moved to the next cabin. Yeah. So our big ass goes back. And he goes up to the house. And this is where I will cut back. Actually, no, I won't. One more second. So he goes to the house. He's going to talk to Mother. And you get one of my favorite shots in the movie. He's walking yeah, that's, up the stairs.
1: It's the other iconic scene that I was familiar with.
0: And the camera pans. Maybe, pans probably isn't the word, but it kind of goes upward. Like it's up yeah, the it stairs with him. And then it takes an aerial shot. And out from the bedroom comes Mother with a butcher knife. Yeah. How did I you feel about dressed. him falling down the stairs? Yeah, fully dressed. I,
1: that scene, again, that was, I I remember, I've seen that scene, either like a snippet of it or it played out again someplace like The Simpsons or something like that, where like the backdrop kind of catches up to the foreground, you know, that kind of scene like that. I. It's very iconic. I've seen it. It's one of those things. The music plays again, you know. Yep. So I, I was right in my element. I was like, oh, here we go again. So yeah. I, I. it was exactly what I expected. I saw it coming in that sense. Once I knew he was on those stairs, I knew that scene was happening.
0: Yeah, so So. Arbogast is dead. Now, okay, now I can come back to Silence of the Hams, (laughs) one of the greatest movies that no one's ever seen. It's not really that great, but I love it nonetheless. And one of the reasons I love it is because Martin Balsam plays the parody of Arbogast in that movie. Oh, really? (laughs) He parodies himself. That's and he goes good. into the house and he's about to climb up the stairs and he says, I feel as I've done this before. <laughs> and he goes up the stairs and gets murdered again. It's wonderful.
1: I, I bet you giggle like a little boy. Every I bet you, time. Absolutely. Yeah, I bet you do. I bet if you saw that right now, you would just chuckle. I would just... <laughs> I bet you <laughs>
0: That uh, makes me happy. So now, so this is one of the things, this is the end of the body count. All right. And... And this is often touted as being the first slasher. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, I get that. i I was never there's not a, there's uh, is there any jump scares really in this? I' I mean, to... you
0: see mother coming pretty much both times,
1: yeah. so there's not a lot of jump scares to this. So this isn't like um like a scare like uh, that kind of traditional jump scary kind of thing. And I don't think of it as horror by any means. It's mm-hmm. like a psychological thriller to me. Yeah. So I, I get the slasher, I, especially because of how the knives, how he holds the knife or how, right. um, you know, it's that's
0: the way like this is the movie that everyone else bases their knife actions yeah. on.
1: It's that big, thick knife. You see it kind of sheen of, of the metal right before like it comes and down and it stabs is, from yeah.
0: overhead. Yeah. Like I, a, the arm is at 12 o'clock and it comes down to 3 at, in a stabbing motion. Yeah. Um so it's classic.
1: It is definitely it's definitely classic. I definitely get that feel for it.
0: Yeah, so there's two dead and this is the that's the body count, right? So and and if you're calling it a slasher nowadays so, okay. So again, when I recorded this, Halloween kills had just come out and Jason and I just watched it virtually my buddy Jason from the podcast film soliloquy. You can go out, listen to the back catalog. Uh, we watched Halloween kills together. He goes, all right, let's make a bet. How many kills? And he's like, I'm thinking 20 something. And I go eight. And he laughs me. "Ah, (laughs) No. And I'm like, uh, eight still seems like a lot to me. And I think it's because this movie exists and two was enough. (laughs) And the body count in Halloween kills was way above eight. And, yeah. was ridiculous so first slasher uh, i think it inspired slashers. i would look at personally halloween is probably the first slasher that really kind of it was inspired
1: by psycho but yeah. by psycho How, obviously halloween the lumens like, yeah the
0: connection shock, yeah. but that's where the 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 stone cold stoic speechless killer like your jason voorhees your michael myers yeah kind of came For from. sure uh well after Arbigass never contacts Lila and uh old Dumpus, um Sam Loomis. <laughs> Sam?
1: <laughs> old
0: they go to uh the sheriff in the town. Who no they is go great. to the,
1: he's he's a deputy
0: i apologize
1: well i only thought that was funny because when you see the deputy he's like 80 years old and i was he's like ancient. this is the oldest deputy i have ever seen <laughs> and yeah.
0: his wife is a uh, similar age which is one of the times i think maybe the only time in a hitchcock movie where two people have been married and they're within a reasonable age range now uh sam lets him know because sam had gone out to find arbogast on his own at the hotel and says that he saw bates's mom home and they go to this place and he's like no you know arbogast is missing i you know norman's wasn't there but his mom was up there and she had a conversation with arbogast or whatever and he's like are you sure it was the mother and yeah that's what the private detective said and he goes well there's something wrong with your private detective because norman's mom has been buried in green long cemetery for the last 20 years 15
1: i thought it was 10
0: 10 years (laughs) I, i listen i disappoint myself on occasion with my fandom i should know this but At this point, did you know the twist? I knew
1: the twist. I knew the twist at that point because I, I I think he Norman has a conversation with his mom about putting her in the fruit cellar.
0: Oh, you think I'm fruity, huh?
1: You know, and so I was like, oh, he's not putting her down there to like keep her quiet. He's like, I had, I had, I had already, I had realized like, oh, she's like dead. And I don't. Maybe I subconsciously knew that twist already, and just never put the two two together but i was like oh she's dead and it's been norman yeah but i but i was also still confused about the conversations because the voices are very distinct
0: yes and it's and out then,
1: loud because uh, marion was hearing the voice yes so i was still a little like i was still a little unsure of it but i i had thought i had solved it
0: yeah and you had congratulations yeah. you've spoiled the film uh so they go to the but at the this ho-
1: point it's like there's like 15 minutes left
0: Yeah. Like we're getting
1: very close towards the end.
0: And Sam and Lila decide to go to the hotel themselves. And I'm going to zip through this last bit because this is kind of the part I would say that this is a uh, movie that is a sandwich. It's filled with okay bread and kind of stale bread at the beginning. But in the middle is like the finest roast beef you've ever had in your life. (laughs) And then you kind of get to the end. But there's still good things about. Them. Okay. All right. Now they go to the hotel and, uh, Sam distracts Norman so that Lila can go talk to mama. Yeah. Uh, she looks around the house and she goes into the bedroom where mama would be and sees a indention in the bed, a mama shaped indention. <laughs> and yeah. which is strange. I've not seen that before on my bed. Uh, but she goes downstairs as Norman is coming up to the house. She hides underneath the stairs, which actually leads down to the fruit cellar where you and I both know mom is hiding. And when she goes down there, she sees mom whose back is to her, whose back is to Lila. And as she reaches that uh, mother, the chair turns around and you see a corpse. Yeah. A very preserved. Yes. Because he's a taxidermist. Yeah. And you hear the, the, The music hit again. She bumps the light. It's swinging. And there's a story where uh, Alfred Hitchcock had to keep reshooting this because he wanted a lens flare. Now, Hitchcock is known for never looking through the lens of a camera of his movies. He said that. I don't know if it's true. It's probably him trying to, you know, create his own mythos. Yeah. Uh, But apparently he was like, did you get the lens flare? And the guy was like, yeah. And then they watched it and it wasn't there and they had to film it again. In the room comes Norman, dressed as Norma Bates, who is charging after Lila, and then is then stopped by Sam. We've been revealed that it's been Norman the whole time. Mother is dead, and uh, there's something mentally wrong with Norman. And if there's any questions as to what's going on in this film, yeah, don't worry,
1: man. That scene, they they just like explain it word for word. They give you, they leave nothing to
0: doubt, including it's just myself. A little funny as well as the makers of the Bates Motel TV show, they all make fun of this scene because it's so much exposition. Your moviegoers are idiots and they need to be told exactly what happened. And they probably say some things uh, about the trans community that are not welcome today.
1: Right, that's true. I did notice that too, that I was a little taken aback by those, some of those words they were using. Yes. I was like, oh, wow, oh, wow. we're using these yeah. in 1960, are we? Okay. Right.
0: Um, so they described and the heart, lit, like, Lila is there. Her sister is dead. And she goes, so does that mean my sister's dead? He goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, she, dead. <laughs> yeah, totally she's dead. Yeah, totally dead. Yeah. I was like, damn.
1: He's almost like, yeah, that broad's been dead, man. Yeah, like, and then you find out that there's very... two.
0: Yeah, he's just relentless. And then you yeah. find out there's two missing uh, other people who they believe, you know, you'll find in the swamp if you drag the swamp. Uh, but at this point, we're told that mother has fully taken over Norman's body. Uh, a another deputy uh, who knows how long he'll be a deputy comes in and says, <laughs> Hey, he's, she's cold or he's cold. Can I bring her a towel or a blanket? Yes. You get the blanket. And then the movie all of a sudden becomes amazing again because you get mother giving a monologue about how, She couldn't let them blame her. I have to let my son fall for this because he was blaming me for the horrible things that he did. And, uh, you know, they'll look and they'll see and they'll know that I wouldn't even harm a fly. And then it cuts to the car being pulled out of the sludge. says the end. And in between that scene, did you notice the skull overlay? I did not. So he looks into the camera And gives the smirk that is my current Twitter, you know, whatever you call it, name thing, picture me, profile profile picture. picture. And uh, and then it cuts to the car. And uh, that's the end of Psycho 1960. Now, do you agree that this is the best movie ever made?
1: No. I don't even know if it was the better of the two Alfred Hitchcock movies that you had me watch. Okay. To be completely honest, I I really did like it. Not, I I didn't dislike it by any means, but man, that first half hour is really yes. slow. There's not a lot happening, and it's just kind of. And maybe they're just trying to. He's just trying to establish like, this is Mary. You know her right more fleshed out to then like kill her a half hour into it, which is a huge twist, right? right. Because was this one of the first movies where you had to show up? before the movie started right like they didn't allow anyone in. started
0: that trend
1: i knew he started it was this the first one this was it it. okay this was it
0: now um so the story goes that um he also did it as a ploy to get people to come to the theater okay you know like you have to come in right away otherwise you're not getting in and that's the sort of thing that draws people to the theater
1: because showtime started because of this right because movies just played on loops beforehand, right?
0: I am not certain about that. But My
1: understanding was movies would just play on a loop. And so you just do, go in and watch the movie right. and catch it wherever and then just wait till it looped back and be like, okay, I saw it.
0: Yeah, I leave. know that it's true that people would just come in in the middle of movies. Now, I don't know. Maybe you bought a ticket and you could just sit in the theater and watch as long as you wanted or what. But uh, definitely show times for this because once the movie starts, you're not allowed in. And yes, he did that to promote the film, but it also, in case you go into the movie thinking you're going to see the star Janet Lee, and she's not in the film because you came in 30 minutes late, it will keep people from getting yeah. confused.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I, I think the the first half hour really left a sour note for the latter, mm-hmm. like 60 to 90 minutes for me.
0: Yeah. So uh, this movie is a Alfred Hitchcock passion project, though. Uh, the studio did not want him to make this film. Um, he, and that's why it's in black and white because they didn't give him a lot of budget. And so he said, okay, I'll just use the, the people that made this movie also make his TV show, Alfred Hitchcock's presents. Oh. And so it's the same team. And that's why they went black and white, which I like. I'm glad it's black and white. Um, so there's a really interesting story behind the, 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 the movie. If you haven't read the novel, I do recommend the novel. The audiobook is really good. The guy who does the narration does a terrific mother. Um, but uh, you can also read the book and it's short. It's and, and like I said, because you didn't like the first 30 minutes of this, the book really doesn't have a first 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just your the first scene is Norman at the, you know, hotel.
1: Yeah, I thought all the acting was really good. Norman Bates, the Norman, is he's just like perfect.
0: Yeah, plays, Anthony Perkins.
1: And how does he do in the sequels? Is he just as good? Now, I, I don't think the sequels are super say, well regarded, right?
0: Okay, personally. Now, because of uh, the laws of film soliloquy, I have to call Psycho 2 <laughs> a D, which is uh, what I have to call it. It's what I have to call it, and I have to call it a D. Now, that being said... I think it punches above its weight for a a movie. That's a sequel based on something as popular as psycho. And to come out 20 something years later and also star Anthony Perkins and Vera miles is pretty impressive. And it does some swerves. It's not great, but if you like psycho, you might like it. Three is straight up a slasher flick. It is not smart in any way. He, Anthony Perkins, is kind of bad, but the in part, okay, three I still recommend because do you know who Jeff Fahey is or Jeff Fahey? Yeah,
1: yeah, Jeff Fahey. Yeah,
0: he's in this movie in okay. three, and he plays that. Dwayne Duke, and Dwayne Duke saves the film. It's worth watching for Jeff Fahey's performance as Dwayne Duke. He's awesome. He's also don't hear what his actions are awesome because they're not. <laughs> Okay, he's a terrible human being in the film. But the character is kind of really charismatic. And then there's the fourth film, which is a prequel. Well, it's not a prequel. It happens after the third film. But it's Norman telling stories of his youth. Oh, and so it cuts okay. to like his mom getting killed and these other things that happen. And the the kid that plays young Norman is uh, the kid from E.T., the main kid from E.T., and he was also in Bly Manor. Um, okay. I don't know. Something Henry. I know who you yeah. Anyway, um, I still recommend that, and that has one of my favorite lines in any Psycho movie, which is all that faith and no potatoes. It doesn't make any sense, <laughs> and I love it. And then there's, uh, shoot, what else? I mean, Psycho 98, I've already said. It's garbage. I've seen it 100 times. Bates Motel the show, which is fantastic. Uh And uh, of course, silence of the hams, which uh, yeah, is lost the time. Sadly yeah. lost the time.
1: You've looked for it too. Haven't you? you can tell many. I,
0: tell I want, I'm un, I'm unironically want that film. I want to watch it again. It starts Billy Zane. As his detective.
1: (laughs) Billy Zane. Bald Billy Zane or hair Billy Zane? No, he's got hair. He looks very handsome. He
0: plays Joe, okay? But the character's full. His first name is Joe. His last name is Foster. And his middle name is D.
1: (laughs) He plays Jody Foster. That is absolutely terrible.
0: It's so good, okay? It's the best movie ever made. And I wish I could find it. Second best movie ever made. The first being Psycho. (sighs) <sighs> yeah uh, i get
1: i get why you like it so much
0: no you don't i don't know i get the, acting, the, the
1: the music I, I get it i get why you like it but it just i don't know i think it was just it, it was too slow in the beginning for me to And like me. i said I, I
0: skip the beginning now
1: yeah your favorite movie you skip the first half hour
0: i know i can't defend it's, it
1: that's really weird That's a really weird logic.
0: Okay, there are movies that I like from opening to closing. Sure, sure, sure. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is damn near perfect all the way through.
1: Yeah, I feel that way about The Dark Knight. I feel like The Dark Knight from beginning to end is like perfect.
0: I can turn on Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and I'm immediately in. From the opening pixel or uh, uh, chiptune universal logo, to just the narration and then i'm back in like i just uh, that movie yeah. is excellent and maybe my favorite movie of all time but psycho is my favorite movie of all time i don't want to move on uh i made it here this was the mission if i could make it to point. psycho <laughs> the, the reason this podcast exists is because of a little place in universal studios that introduced me to the film psycho That has been uh, one of my favorite pieces of pop culture of all time. There. Now it's time for the ride down. Fortunately, the trip downhill is a lot quicker than the trip up. uh, As the next movie I'm going to watch is The Birds. I'm going to be joined by Tessa of Tessa and and Elliot fame. uh, And she will be the better half by
1: far. Easily. Without question.
0: She's gonna not know what to do when I don't sarcastically uh, treat her like crap for thirty minutes. She's just gonna be stunned.
1: Uh, she's used to that. It's everybody but me. She's uh, oh okay. Yeah,
0: most people are kind. Now, Elliot, uh, I, I, I apologize again. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I well, I'm just glad I didn't. Didn't hate it. I was afraid I was going to hate this and be like, "Why do you love funny. this?" No, I because you talk so highly of it, I get like it. all the time that I'm like, "There's something to it, and there must be something to it." And I, I get why there's you see what you see in it. Again, the acting is really good in this.
0: Do no, you have a movie that that people just don't get that you are like, "This is it. This is."
1: I I really like Cloud Cloud Atlas, the other Wachowski siblings' film. Uh huh. I really like that, and nobody else really likes that. And I, I think it's because I read the book first. And do I they prefer to be called
0: siblings? Well, I, said I be- sisters earlier.
1: I believe at the time they were siblings. I believe they were a brother and sister at the time, and I know that's not true now. They're okay, both sisters well. now, if I'm saying that correctly. Please excuse me if I'm not. So I believe at the time they were just siblings, so I just tend
0: to say the Wachowskis just to not. Yeah,
1: sorry. You know, yeah, not yeah. that this
0: podcast is big enough to ever get canceled. No, no. But so, but anyway, Speed Racer, go watch it. It's fantastic. <laughs> but Cloud Atlas, like you have a movie that you just unequivocally love, and people watch it. They're like, Elliot, why?
1: Yeah, that it's that one because it's the music to it, the acting to it, it, a lot about it I really enjoyed, and the the book is really good too, and I see the book in it where if you don't read the book, you are missing out on some stuff, I guess, or things don't technically make as much sense as they would to someone who's read the book, which is a downfall of the film, but I can overlook it because I read the book. So uh, I'm hoping that to say the same thing about Dune because I really want the new Dune to be phenomenal. I've heard good things. I'm no, really I don't excited. have any
0: affection for Dune, but I've tried to read it.
1: Um, I've read Dune a couple of times. I love both versions of the Dune movie and the miniseries that they did. Um, so I am like really hoping that Dune is well received so that they make the second part of it because that's what looks phenomenal.
0: I tried to read Dune. a friend of mine who introduced me to Ender's game and you and I both know how I feel about that book as you as well. We love Ender's game. He loves Dune. I'm like, Oh, okay. I'll check it out. And I just couldn't finish it. So,
1: yeah. So, well,
0: tell us where we can find you Elliot, what you're up to and where we can listen to your stuff.
1: Yeah. Thanks man. Again, thanks for having me on Jeff. This is, be- this is You're the best idea. coming back uh... Yeah, that's right. I can't remember. Which one are you coming back for? I can't remember. I wrote it down, but I, it's not near me.
0: So there's a movie, I did not know this, that Sean Connery is in. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, he had find- to be young. Uh, torn curtain. Was that the one you're coming back?
1: Maybe for? that be that might be the one because I think we might have said that off air right after we recorded last week. Was that far. it? Okay, that I'll look at the be. spreadsheet
0: while you say your thing. Yeah.
1: Anyway, you can listen to my podcast I do with my wife Tessa and Elliot argue. Uh, each week we listen or we listen to each other talk about weird news stories that the other one has found. Uh, I have a video game news podcast called The Gaming Nexus Show. Uh, which is just kind of an offshoot of the gaming Nexus or of which is a website that I write for, do news and reviews. Eric's on too, so I'm sure he's plugged that uh, a thousand times that he's mm-hmm. been on as well. Um, so that's yeah, really about it. And you can find me on Twitter, Elliot underscore argues, if uh, you're in that um, sphere of of
0: that. Yeah, the only social media I use, and yeah. still don't like it. Uh, well, as for me, you can find me on twitter at podcast by jeff email the show or don't it's fine hitchcock chronologically at gmail.com next week is the birds and then it's december the last month of this show uh thanks again elliot and i will catch you all next week
2: it's sad when a mother has to speak the words that condemn her own son but i couldn't allow them to believe that i would commit murder they'll put him away now as I should have years ago. He was always bad, and in the end, he intended to tell them I killed those girls and that man as if I could do anything except just sit and stare like one of his stuffed birds. they know I can't even move a finger, and I won't. I'll just sit here and be quiet just in case they do suspect me. They're probably watching me. Well, let them, let them see what kind of a person I am. I'm not even gonna swat that fly. I hope they are watching. They'll see, they'll see and they'll know and they'll say why she wouldn't even harm a fly.